0: This is ESPN New Hampshire. WGAM Manchester. WGHM Nashua.
1: Now without a purpose, and it's now without a fight. I got three tales to tell you, so please sit tight. It's the story of 300 dogs who've grown to see their light. Now without a purpose, now without a fight.
2: Period 2 comes to a close. Now some more pushing shoving. Right at center ice. I don't
0: think this is a bad thing for the Bruins, Dave. Not to take penalties. Bergeron and Malkin have dropped the gloves. As they wrestle each other down to the ice. Wow. Um, I, I don't think it you know, has the effect. You know, i I playing out there a lot. You know, I don't think that it's ever been a factor. I think you kind of get used to it pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, once you warm up and you're, you're in the game, but... I'd, I'd say you know it's, it's been a lot of close games there that we just haven't come up with. You know the championship game in thirteen. You know we had two games last year. You know the the, the, the late November game in the mm-hmm. snow where that was just you know a close game that we didn't come on. and then the, the championship game where we had a chance at the end. So we just got to figure out a way to close it out. I mean. It's, we know they're good. They got a great defense. I mean, one of the best defenses I ever played against. You know, Von Miller. I mean, he's one of the greatest players, and Will Down is one of the greatest players ever played. Just he is an incredible athlete, linebacker. I mean, pass rusher. And he picked me off last year. So, and he's got DeMarcus Ware in there. So they got a great rush. They got uh, the best secondary in football. Um, I just think it's just a really solid team that plays well at home and, you know, we got to play better than the way that we played. We we, we got to start, you know, playing at a higher level when we go there and, and uh, you know, that's, that starts with me. So I got to do that this week.
3: Poop fest. No, poop fest. This is it's terrible. Just, you know, you, you play, we played, we got home, it's like one o'clock in the morning, something like that on Monday and then you got to play again. I mean, Congratulations, NFL. You did it again. But they've been doing it all season. So I guess we're the last ones to get the middle finger. I mean, it's pretty high. Top five, top five, top five. Um, because it's just it's just no regard. You know, it's, it's hypocritical, as I've stated before. Um, you know, they make this huge stance about player safety. Then you put the players in, in, in tremendous danger. Uh, huh? Oh, I, I, you, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. If, We'll do a whole separate press conference about me and, and, and my disagreements with the league and, and their nonsense. Poop Fest. without a purpose and it's not without a fight. another night. Not without a purpose,
1: not without a fight. Not purpose, without fight. without a purpose, not without a fight.
4: Welcome to the stretch run here in a hump day on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, Justin Selvin, working the boards. The song you heard coming in there, not without a purpose, not without a fight, that is the Street Dogs. And they are playing their annual Wreck the Halls down at the Brighton Music Hall in Boston this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'll tweet out the info in a little. You go there, at Murphy's Law 74 is my Twitter, the show Twitter handle, at The Stretch Run NH, and of course the station, at ESPN NH, and speaking of the street dogs, we we're hoping to get them in studio, but they're just too swamped, preparing for their uh, their big uh, shows, Wreck the Halls, they'll be playing with Dark Buster as well, and they're, uh, they're getting ready for that, and auditioning, or uh, rehearsing for that, so... The lead singer, Mike McCallaghan, a huge, huge Bruins and Red Sox fan, will be joining me at the end of this hour at 3.40. Mike McCallaghan, lead singer of the Street Dogs, formerly lead singer of the Dropkick Murphys as well. He'll be joining me at 3.40 to discuss their shows and talk some Bruins, maybe even a little Red Sox. Keep you warm as the temperature drops here. It's going to be freezing the next couple days, I guess. According to Mark Rosenthal, it is going to be very... Very chilly. Cold. Gonna be cold.
5: Ice basically.
4: It's gonna be cold, man. But guess what? This is New England and it's December. So uh,
5: it's called reality.
4: <laughs> it is what it is, you know. <laughs> like people are freaking out, but I mean, like, then then move. <laughs> you know. But uh we've got a great show in store for you. Speaking of the Bruins, we will be broadcasting the Bruins Penguins game tonight. It is rivalry night in the NHL, and the Penguins and Bruins are going to face off down in Pittsburgh at 7.30, and so what we'll do for you is uh, after this show, we will have the Bruins pregame show on ESPN New Hampshire 6-7, and then we'll give you the actual official Bruins pregame show from as we pick up the feed from 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston, and then the game itself will be on at 7.30 right here on ESPN New Hampshire, so... If you're a Bruins fan or a Penguins fan, a hockey fan, definitely stay tuned for that uh, afterwards. But before that, we've got you covered in terms of Bruins-Penguins preparation here on this show. In the next segment, we'll welcome on, you've heard him here before, and he'll be on again today at 3.20. Billy Jaffe of Nesson and NHL Network will join us, give a Bruins perspective of this game coming up tonight, and also maybe bounce around the NHL on a variety of topics and like I said, Mike McCulligan at, at 340. In the second hour, we will switch gears for a segment, talk some football and the Patriots specifically as we start to get ready for the Patriots-Broncos uh, with our good friend John Serenades of xnojoe.com as well as fansider.com. Then we'll get back on the hockey, thing, hockey swing of things uh, as we welcome on a former Boston Bruin, former NHLer. Two-time Stanley Cup champion. And now the assistant general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Billy Guerin, will be joining us in the middle frame of the second hour. We'll close the second hour out talking to Jeff Hickman about the Celtics as they're in San Antonio tonight uh, to face the Spurs. So Jeff Hickman of ESPN New Hampshire will join us in the final hour. More hockey coverage for you. Farrell Miller of LiveBarn.com. I told you about that yesterday in the crossover between Christian and King and the Stretch Run. Uh, It's a company that I do some work for, and they are becoming really popular down here in the Merrimack Valley. Uh, They're in a lot of rinks around here. You can look them up, LiveBarn.com, and we'll get more information on that from Farrell Miller, the owner of LiveBarn.com, to start the third hour off and then we will welcome in an old friend of mine from CBS Radio Pittsburgh, Dan Kengerski will be joining us to talk more about the Bruins Penguins. So we, we we've got a lot of hockey ahead of you,
5: hockey coverage.
4: <laughs> That's right. If you're a hockey fan, you've turned into the you've tuned into the right show here. Uh, you know we're we're probably the only show in the New England area that gives that much coverage to hockey. Absolutely, so, no question. Which is sad, but. Uh, <laughs> We're proud of it, and I uh, hope you enjoy it as well uh so that was uh Richard Sherman coming in there eh
5: yeah he uh this happened actually there at the end of our show yesterday. It was around like you know there was there was I saw it on the way home, and I tried to grab it quickly before the end of the show we couldn't, but he basically the usual Sherman has beef with the league and took it upon himself to say, "Hey, league, you're screwing up again." With these Thursday night games, and it's it, this is not the first time he said this about the Thursday night games. They take a stance on player safety, and then they put us on Thursday night, and, and they try to cram as many games as they can. And while he uh, he gave us probably the best drop, uh, you know, we thought garbage was good.
4: Poop fest. Oh, that's
5: pretty good. That's what he calls Thursday <laughs> night football. That's what he called Thursday night football because I, I
4: thought the last few games was great. Uh, it was, yeah, they good games, but apparently he wasn't watching.
5: No, he's not. He's not not very fond of it. It's a, yeah, poop fest. I mean, we're, we're not either. But terrible. I think this
4: has more to do with the fact that his team absolutely sucked in well, yeah, Green Bay. There's a whole other side, and, and too. yeah, yeah. So he's probably a little frustrated that coming off that loss, they're going to have to play four days later. Yeah, um, but, but
5: by the way, he's done that before. too. Playing the Rams. Yeah, the, yeah. That that's a. By the way, that is a large spread.
4: So, <laughs> right now, Sherman. Wah, wah, wah. poop fest? We should call it cry fest. Garbage. Yeah, that's exactly what I think of that.
5: He is poop a cry baby,
4: man. Yeah, he talks a lot. He talks a lot. Nobody whines a lot, too. He, he talks.
5: He talks a lot. He's a talker. A
4: and complainer.
5: He play. He's a good. He's a good player, but he does a lot of talking, and he does a lot of. I appreciate the league bashing because I'm right on board with them. That these Thursday night games, there are some good ones, but ninety percent. It's December, th- though. This is news. I mean, oh, no, like, no, no. you know, and we've been saying this forever. Well, I've said that before. Yeah. He talks about it. He, this, is, this is not the first time he said Thursday Night Football is crap, and he's not right. the only one that's saying that. No. You know, you just have, he has the platform to say it, and right. he's done that before, and I agree with him. I love the league bashing, but like I said, this is – he said this multiple times, and he's not the only one, and it's not going to change. They may add games. They might add more games the way this league goes. They're just trying to add as many games. They put out the London schedule. I mean, they're trying to – put it out there as much as they can. So nothing's going to change on it, but I do appreciate him bashing the league and leaving me this, uh, this beautiful drop. Poop
4: fest. <laughs> yeah, that I know just, uh, <laughs> Christian liked a lot. Yeah, yeah. He, he hit it a couple times today. Yeah, just Garbage. a couple times. Just a couple times. Poop fest. Well, anyhow, um, you know, I don't know. He just seems like a whiner. He
5: talks a lot. He is yeah. a talker. He's a talker. But I, I appreciate that he backs it up and that he, it's not that he's like talking at people. It's like he's, he's bashing the league. Which mm. needs to happen? Somebody
4: needs to do Maybe it. Maybe you should bash it for, uh, you know, the way they had no reaction to Deflategate. Oh
5: yeah, did you? Uh, I don't know if you saw this. If I show this to you, but uh, owner John Mara, who's a mess to begin with, yeah, yeah, both him and the Steelers owner have come out and said it was a, it was a, a non-talking point, the uh, Deflategate 2.0. So not only has the league ba- turned it down, but the owners have now, both owners of both teams have both said it's a non point. It's just, it's disgusting. I'm done. I'm of course. Done. Of course. Much ado about nothing is what they, this is the quote.
4: Yeah. Which is a,
5: a joke. It, it, it's, it's just,
4: it's, it's a joke. Now, Brady spoke about that today, right?
5: Yeah. He had a, I mean, well, yes, he spoke about it, but in a usual fashion, he just kind of, you know, brush it off and, you know, like,
0: I You know, Kirk, I, I don't, I don't think about it that much. You know, like I said, I, you know, I dealt with my situation and, you know, I've, I've tried to move on, so it's
3: uh but you
6: didn't you didn't recognize that same sort of thought like, jeez, this went by awful fast the second time this past week
4: yeah I, I
0: just don't think there's anything positive I can say you know so i just you know i i just choose not to say anything so it, it doesn't serve me at all and, and you know I've tried to really move forward and you know i'm not, i'm not i can't go back you know two years every time you know something happens so I, I do know that long enough.
5: Yeah, you you went back 2 years. You went back 2 years and you took it out in the Ravens. That's exactly yeah. what happened. He hey. got it out he got out of, the system. He's not going to say anything. He's yeah. never going to say. And I, and I hate. I, where,
4: I'll tell you what though. I, I wouldn't mind contacting a few other owners and having them stir up a story this week so we can oh do yeah, it again in Denver. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep, keep I'm it telling going. you, he feeds off this stuff. I, I, Nobody, like I
5: hate when people say though he should come out. and say, He's not going to do no, that. No. He That's, comes out. And he he doesn't with say. His actions. He
4: doesn't say about. Unlike anything. Richard Sherman, he comes out and speaks with his actions. He, I don't see Sherman doing anything good right now. I mean, yeah,
5: they're not playing well, but he he's done it before. He's yeah. talked before, and he's played well, and he's a good cornerback. But Tom, he doesn't say anything. No one in Patriot Land says anything. What have you, have you not learned? Have you not figured that out? They just come out and beat your butt. That's all they do. They come out and kick butt and win games and win Super Bowls. That's what yeah. they're going to do. They're going to go on. They're going to have a great playoffs. They're going to win the Super Bowl, and that's how he's going to shove it in his face. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, this is crap. This I can't believe I have a street No, he's not going to do that. One, that looks bad on his image already. He's never done that before. And two, he does it with this play. He absolutely goes out and, and takes care of it with his play. I hate that. I hate when people say, you should go out and say something. No, no. Go out and say something on the field. Go out out to Denver and beat Denver this week in Denver and get that monkey off your back, please.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Well, it's going to be an interesting game out there. I mean, you know, you heard Brady talking about he doesn't think the altitude has anything. Well, you know, maybe not after the multitude of times he's played there. Yeah. But it does have something to do with it. When you first play there...
5: He's got a young team. Yeah.
4: When you first play there, it has something to do with it, man. I've told you that story of how... You know when you go out to bars there, yeah. Every drink you order is 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 accompanied by a glass of water. Yes, um, because of the altitude, because there is such a thing as a Rocky Mountain hangover, and it's the worst hangover you can have. (laughs) Trust me, Um, you get dehydrated very quickly, and uh, it definitely has something to do with it there. And I I don't—they can downplay it all they want. That is a tough place to play, and for whatever reason, the Patriots. Uh, are distracted or fall victim to all the elements of of that place, whether it's the altitude, the noise. Yes, it's, uh, a, it's a
5: it's a tough place to play. What have you? And Brady Brady's and, and there's it's a
4: solid team on the other yeah. side, so that's it's going to be tough, you and know. And
5: Brady said it too. He 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 has he's hasn't had success there either. It's it's and, on him too. And, and it's interesting, you know.
4: I, I I think it was Lou Maloney on EEI I heard driving up here today. And Lou made an interesting point. You know, everybody's pointing at, uh, look at the quarterbacks the Patriots have to play, with obviously Simeon being one of them, or maybe Pax and Lynch, but either or. Who, will it be Simeon for sure? It's Simeon. Okay, so, Simeon. so you know, people are saying, oh, well, it's not that big a challenge. They got Simeon at quarterback. I'm sorry, weren't they saying the same thing about Brock Osweiler last year? Yeah, that sounds, yeah.
5: Sounds pretty weren't they accurate. saying the
4: same thing about, sounds pretty accurate. Um, we could go on and on. Uh, I mean, they did beat. Well, they lost to Jake Plummer once. They beat him once. Um, What's his name? Brian, what's his name? That had his dad play in the NFL as well. Hmm. The quarterback. I'm going to look it up here. But they they went through the list of Denver quarterbacks that the Patriots have played. And lost to. In Denver and (laughs) lost to. And, and, and of course, Peyton Manning. Yes. Not being the the real Peyton Manning. He's at the end of his career. So it really doesn't matter who's been a quarterback. It's more about what's on defense yeah, in Denver. They,
5: they, struggle, they struggle to get offense. In and,
4: and, the, and the thing that they were talking about that hurts the Patriots a lot when they play in Denver... Is the uh, the offensive line mistakes and the and the calls they'll get yeah. against them like the false starts? Bill's, Bill Bill talked about procedures. that
5: today in the uh, in the press conference. He mentioned that, because you know, of the snap count, silent count. You can't hear it. Yeah, yeah. They have to go on a silent count, and if the silent count, if it's a, it's a cadence, and if it gets greasy, screwed up, greasy, greasy was a quarterback, was, was Brian greasy. greasy. Yeah, you know when you go on a silent count and. and it's a cadence, and if it gets screwed up at all, because Brady, because Brady obviously likes to change plays—that that's his thing. He reads the defense, he changes the play, and he kills you on your mismatches. If yeah. you can't do that, and in the offensive line can't handle that, they have trouble. Look what happened! Look what Von Miller did to them in the in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, you know you you need to be able to control what you can control and and control the sound as much as you can and, and deal with that and figure out a way to deal with that and they haven't they haven't and brady hasn't had success there okay he that's hasn't big, he that's has not biggest, had success that's there at all this thing.
4: is his house of horrors he
5: hasn't had success just there. like and the bell center not, is a
4: house of horrors yes. for tukarask this is the house of horrors for tom brady and if
5: he can't figure that out they have no shot you and know, the last time he won there.
4: 2003
5: yeah that's a problem
4: <laughs> i was there yeah that's a, problem. It was a great game david gibbons winning touchdown so here's the uh, before we go to break. Here's the the quarterbacks uh, that the Denver Broncos have put up against Tom Brady and the Patriots since Tom Brady has been quarterback for the Patriots. Brian Greasy, Jake Plummer, garbage. Jay Cutler, garbage. Kyle Orton, garbage. Tim Tebow, garbage. And Peyton Manning at the end, garbage. And now Trevor Simeon, poop fest. So. I don't. I think that's an irrelevant point when it comes yes, to this game. Absolutely,
5: it's it's about the it's about the offensive side.
4: And it's about the what the Patriots do themselves. Yes, yep. It's more about them hurting themselves because this is that that game where they always hurt themselves. They always make bad mental mistakes in Denver for whatever reason and I disagree with Mr. Brady, I think the altitude does have something yeah, to do with it. Yeah,
5: well, of course he's going to say that, because he's got, you know, He doesn't want to make excuses. I respect wanna that. He want to make excuses, but he also has the whole Brady health thing, and that that whole thing, he's trying to play that off too, but yeah. he he hasn't played well in Denver, and I think it starts with him, and I think part of what you saw in the Baltimore game, the intensity and all that, because he knows what he's going... He knows that it, it wasn't like he was looking ahead, but he knows what he's dealing with. He has to, he has to amp himself up, and he has to improve in Denver, because if he... He has a bad game; they're not winning. Period. Mm. He, they, they can't win without him having a good
4: game there, especially against the Denver defense. Yeah, for sure. So we will, uh, we'll see. We'll start getting you ready for that game as uh, John Serenades will join us at the top of the next hour from ExoJoe dot com. But until then, it's uh, some hockey talk. Aww, in our next segment, we welcome on Billy Jaffe of Nessun and NHL Network as we get you ready for the Bruins and Penguins. And man, the Bruins got a big challenge ahead of them. Sidney Crosby is in fuego. He's arguably playing the best hockey of his career right now. And that's crazy. He's kind of like the Tom Brady of hockey. It's like a fine wine. Gets better as he gets older. So Sidney Crosby and the Penguins tonight for the Bruins. And you can hear it live here in ESPN New Hampshire. But until then, we've got the stretch run for you. So stay with us. We'll be back.
1: And let go of my past I've never found it easy To change my stubborn ways Or to get perspective Throw away those soulless days We have struggled We have prayed We're still searching for something more We have struggled We still brave. We're looking for the chance To be free They bring us home with fun.
0: The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com.
7: This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Sharuk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? Well, this year as a senior, has been very crazy football-wise, like winning in an OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern, St. Lawrence. Just a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 football state? Champion. Congratulations. Thank you so much. my whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in BHF history for football to actually come out with a win this year. It's incredible. And definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer I was a volunteer at the LA house I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRC FBI, part of the National Society Gold, so there's a lot of volunteer work I have to do with them. Like volunteer for blood drives and I actually put on a ball tournament last year for the Children Miracle Network. We donated like around a thousand dollars. What inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part, and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach Stink, like I look at him like, as my best friend, but when it's time to you know, put on the pads, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate
0: your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com.
7: Celebrate twice the holiday season with MetroPCS. Right now, switch to MetroPCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, MetroPCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by MetroPCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. MetroPCS. Wireless figured out. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. Which is worse, a trip to the
5: hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com.
0: QL1, this is Control, checking in to see how excited you are for launch. Over. Well, actually, Control, I'm kind of bored. I I think you cut out, QL1. It sounded like you said you were bored. That's affirmative, Control. You're about to travel 17,000 miles per hour through Earth's atmosphere, and you're bored? It just doesn't sound that exciting after using Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. I was able to get a completely online custom mortgage approval in minutes. All right, you cut out for sure this time. Did you say I can get a mortgage approval in minutes? That's right, Control. Minutes. Whether you're purchasing a new house or re financing your existing home rocket mortgage securely pulls your pay stubs and bank statements to build you a custom mortgage solution so you get exactly what you want wow that is exciting (laughs) yep definitely better than months of dehydrated ice cream and powdered orange drink three two one rocket mortgage at quickenloans.com push button get mortgage rocket
5: visit for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030 Rogers.
4: According to the Cleveland Plain dealer, coaches are forced to teach RG3, or I'll say refresh his mind on
7: these three mechanics. One, plant your back foot, then throw. Two, get down then slide. Three, throw the ball away. Don't take needless hits from the defense. Those are three things that coaches are focusing on. Rather than focusing on the playbook and improving the offense, they have to pretty much reteach these basic components to Robert Griffin III. Saturday at four
0: on ESPN New Hampshire. For incredible discounts, visit ESPNNHradio.com and click on NH Deals for unbeatable prices.
1: Remember those fond days I'm with the paintbrush And i we sold soldiered on without working for coffee You inspired me with your tenacity, never laying down to your disease. Kelly walls, this one goes out to you. One, two, three, four more. Let me just get in the wrist and You always sold it on for the life To shove it in for Lackett into Shaw. Oh, what a save by Tuka Rask. Rask coming right to left across the crease. A sweet feed, and Shaw elevated the puck, but Rask makes a splendid save. Like the- Fast not brings the ball on the stick side of points. Great chances at both ends, and here's a two on one for Montreal. Gallagher to put hands. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Tuka Rask stacks the pads left to right. It denies Montreal the go-ahead goal sent to know This is it all man who is all up in the play and begin it going on it all while the dunk is right side Are you the chief for Unity's player? We know
4: just And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. And again, it's all street dogs coming in and out of segments uh, this first hour of the show today as we will welcome on the lead singer of that band in the next segment, Mike McCaulgan, big-time Bruins and Red Sox fan. He will join us as they prepare to have their Wreck-the-Hall shows over at the Brighton Music Hall in Boston uh, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Maybe they'll give us a chance to give away a few tickets there. I know I'll be going over there Saturday to take in the show Really excited about that. I haven't seen them in a while. But we will uh, talk to him later in the next segment. Right now, we are honored to welcome on our good friend, Billy Jaffe of Nesson and NHL Network. How are you, my friend?
2: Hey, Jimmy. How are you?
4: I'm good. And you know, we played the uh, the Tuca Clips from the other night there, uh, Billy coming in there. And... You know, obviously, as you know, Tuca has not had a lot of success up there in the Bell Center. Um, I think maybe he's got maybe two or three wins in his career there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he's really struggled there. And it's just one of those buildings that, for whatever reasons, he's just had a lot of trouble getting the victory there. We were just discussing in the last segment as well how it's been that way for Tom Brady going into Mile High and whenever they play at Denver, he's only won once there in his career. And He's just not the Tom Brady we know. In general, what is it about places and some pro athletes when they when they have a a location that's sort of an Achilles heel like that for them? Is it all mental or is it just circumstantial? What's your take on that?
2: My my guess for the for the NHL level uh, is that it's just a comfort factor. Uh, it's not that they don't work hard. It's not that they don't prepare the same way. But once you have a few bad performances somewhere, it sticks with you. It just does. And mm-hmm. I, You know, um, if you think about walking into somebody's either business or home and you just kind of, you know what I mean, you have a good experience here the first few times and, you know, somebody else's house kind of becomes home to you. But then there's that other place where you're just never really that comfortable there. You know, you just never feel great. That's what it's like for an athlete too, you know. I mean, you you go in and the lighting, uh, the feel, the the boards. You know, I, I mean, you don't. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can overtly, uh, mentally know it, and other times you just say, "I just don't like it." Mm. And even though you'll know, you'll never admit it overtly. You'll just say, "I just don't like it." You know what I mean? Internally, and then therefore you struggle with it. I, I mean, you're talking about you know when you're talking about Tom Brady, you're talking about one of the greatest of all time playing a sport. And the fact that he is of trouble at a, at, a, at a certain place in Denver, it shows that he's just human because yeah. that's what it's about.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Agree completely. So uh, the Boston Bruins will be going into, I don't know, I don't even know what they call the place anymore. What is it, the PBG Paint Arena now? Is that what they got in Pittsburgh? Um, all I,
2: I always, whenever I hear it, I always think of peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I don't think that that's the right one, but that, uh, it's like – it's something, it's a new paint company or something like that, I believe. It's PP&J, P, P, I, I always hear PB&J, Goes to show the, you yep, where my... The P, uh,
4: I got it right, the P, B, the PPG Paints Arena. Man, why are they going to keep changing these on us? You know, they should have just called it like, uh, I don't know. Igloo two, Igloo 2, you know, but uh, it, anyhow, know. a lot of these new arenas, though, it's not like the old days, right, when you had the you know, the, the Boston Guard and the old Montreal Forum mm-hmm. or Maple Leaf. A lot of these new arenas, they all feel the same, and, and like you said, it's more of a mental thing. There's not so much of a home advantage, but one advantage, obviously, that the Pittsburgh Penguins have right now as we speak as they go into this game, and much like Tom Brady is at a later stage in his career, Sidney Crosby, to me is like this fine wine that just re-fermented. He had a couple down years there after that concussion in 2011, and all of a sudden the wine just started to taste good again, and man, it's at its best right now. What can you say about the way he's played this year? And also, his net front presence, I think, is a lot greater than we're used to when it comes to Sidney Crosby.
2: Well, you know, if you're going to use the wine reference, then... The first part, the first three months of of last year, where it was a batch that you'd like to throw out, uh-huh. right? If you're Sidney Crosby, that you wouldn't put it in the in the outlet store, you know, <laughs> driving up to you, know, you, you just you just wouldn't. But in the same breath, you would say that that next vintage, which was after December last year, so January on through the Stanley Cup final, was. So good that it would be at the top shelf. You know what I mean? It would yes. be at the top price list, and it would be the it would be the ultimate extreme bottle because that's how, quite frankly, that's how spectacular he was, and he's continued that trend. I'm not convinced. Last year, he was completely happy for a while well, uh, under I Mike agree Johnson, with you. and and that's part of okay. Maybe you know, I, physically, I'm not convinced he was completely. Even though they said he was fine, I'm, I'm, I'm just not convinced when you watch how demonstrative he plays, how much more in the interior, as you said, that he plays now, especially now, especially, mm. you know, from January on last year. This, so this calendar year, 2016, uh, would be a vintage, you know what I mean? That's yep. what it should be for, for Crosby. That, that would be its highest price. Because he's been, he's been freaking awesome. We're, um, we're not
4: finding that one at the New Hampshire Liquor Outlet here, are we?
2: <laughs> well, you are, it's in, it's in the cage. It's got the key. <laughs> it. It's a lock around it. Put it that <laughs> way. People don't walk out with it. Um, I just think that, you know what, he's he's found a place and he's found a coach that gets him, that has uh, helped rejuvenate him, and, and it sounds funny, but even Tom Brady, you know, a little after a few down games or months or whatever, Needed needs to get rejuvenated, and, and Crosby's no different. Yeah. And um, he's re-energized by I find that the fact that they have gotten line mates around him, uh, like a Patrick Hornquist mm. uh, at times, that, that get him. That You know, you got these superstars, you know, we think that, we always say they make those around them better, right? That's yes. part of the gig. But you can't make guys that don't think the game at your, or at least very close to your level. That you do better, mm-hmm. you know. You can make them, you can you can help them, but you can't make them that much better. But he's got guys like Hornquist. Chris Kunitz was not a fancy, is not a fancy player, but in his prime, he played with Crosby because while he was a bit of a just up down guy, darn it, he knew what to do. He knew how he knew what Crosby was thinking because he th- thinks the game at a high level. He may not always execute it with skill at the highest of levels, but point is, you got guys that think the game. Uh, Nick Benino, now he's not playing with Crosby, but he's a smart player. Connor Sheary, not a big player, UMass. but he can skate. Yep. UMass, exactly, but he can skate. And he, and he obviously absorbed, and I remember talking to Connor about this last year, absorbed everything mm. watching Sidney Crosby, everything that was going on. And so he was willing to input it and not say, I got it. But he said, okay, I got this. Now tell me what else. Now tell me what else I need to do. Meaning, he learned because he's a smart way of looking at it. You give guys, Crosby, smart players around him, too. Watch out.
4: Exactly. And you know what? Two players uh, that obviously think the game like him and and, and form some chemistry with him will be on the Bruins' side of the ice playing against him tonight. And that's Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Um, When you talk about being able to understand a player like Crosby and think the game like him, does that help? guys in Bergeron and Marchand skates tonight when they're on the opposite side? Can, they, can that thinking the game like him help you as an opponent as well?
2: Absolutely. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's the sum of the parts. I mean, Crosby, listen, Crosby busts his, his backside to get to the front of that and scores a lot of his goals on tips and, and redirections that are just simply magnificent yeah. just due to his strength and his interior positioning. Now, so that's going to fall on guys like uh, Chara, Carlo, McQuaid, etc. cetera, okay, down low there. But if you're talking more of just like in the neutral zone and stuff, sure, you can, you know, guys like Bergeron who are so smart and so heady and, and, and above or below the puck in all zone depending on where he needs to be, that helps. I'm curious if Brad Marchand will try and, and yap a bit with his, his ultimate line mate during, <laughs> from the World Cup of Hockey. And, and Brad Marchand might go Rad Marchand in this game. You know what I mean? He might go, go to, Let, let's see, if, if he does it, you know what I mean? If yeah, he gets, he why gets not? Himself a, and, and, and why not try it? But don't, do not lose focus if you're Brad Marchand. Do yeah. not. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. You've you got to expect as much as possible. Claude Julian would love to get Bergeron out there against Sidney Crosby. But, you know, so you, so you, you match up against him, but then you say, well, Wait a second. I'm on the road team. Can I worry that much? Oh, by the way, there's a guy by the name of Kenny Malkin I need to be petrified of. And there's a kid by the name of Bill Kessel that is having just another great oh, yeah, year. Oh, you know what I mean? I mean, they've got, I, I can't remember what it is. It's something ridiculous. It's like 18 guys with 10 or more points. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. So, you, you know, you're the road team. Get it, Get your top three, four defenders out there as much as you can against Crosby and Malkin player game. Truth is, the Bruins in their last like 11 games Murph, against the Penguins mm-hmm. have given up something like only 18 goals. Yeah. They've done really really well against
4: them. Yep. You're absolutely right and one guy that uh likely will be getting his first taste of that potent Penguins lineup tonight is rookie Matt Grizzly getting a call up from Providence. Uh today your take on that move and what it might be like for a kid in his uh skates going in there tonight.
2: Uh, the skates might be shaking a little bit. It Mm -hmm. might be because, you know, you're, you know, he's had a lot of big games at BU and he was one of the stars there, but we all know that this is a different level, but he's a nice, he's a wonderful story. Great. Simply just a a, a nice kid too. I mean, I've I've gotten to know him over the last couple of years doing a lot of hockey games here. Um, And and obviously, his dad—you're running the bull gang at uh, at the garden. I I, I hope Grizz made. I hope Big Grizz made it the pit. I (laughs) sure hope so. Um, Great guy. I know he'll be. Oh, he's phenomenal. Um, I I, I mean, the Bruins need another defenseman that can help with the offense. Your offense starts from your defense. Mm -hmm. And while the Bruins have been impressive, because I didn't think they'd be this good defensively, Jimmy, um, as a team defensively. Their offense has waned, and, and it's not just because of the forwards, but it's because they don't get a lot of input from the back end. And I'm not talking about winding up, taking a slap shot, and scoring. No, I I'm talking about exerting pressure in yep. all three zones mm-hmm. with the puck, exiting quickly, moving the puck on the breakout out the right way, and then supporting the puck off the rush. Krug's the only one that does it regularly. When Colin Miller's in the lineup, he does, but not much. You know what I mean? It hasn't worked as much. Anyhow, long story short, what's it going to be? It's going to be a great challenge if if if, if uh, Matt gets into the lineup, and I mean it hasn't been announced yet. I would think that he would. I would rather probably see him play against Pittsburgh because while they are not a physical team, they are a, they're on top of you skating. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather see him start there than against Anaheim, which is still a very big physical team because he'd have to work up. I think to that. Uh, that, that ability to, to you know to, to get yeah. confidence to play in that kind of physical game
4: you know as you're talking there and talking about what they need from the defense right now, not just in the case of a rookie like Grizzlick uh, Billy who you know I'm sure he's going to want to keep it simple in his first game and he's going to want to stay within the system, but in terms of the young defensemen on the Bruins team, like you said, defensively, they have been way better than expected, but I'm wondering at times. Do you think they're struggling to sort of find that balance of, yes, improving defensively as they have, but at the same time, maybe taking that chance, maybe making that pinch, or maybe having the confidence to make that first outlet pass and not dish it over to the veteran? Do you see a bit of that going on with the youngsters?
2: Uh, I don't. You know, Brandon Carlo hasn't really deferred. He's been unreal. Right, he's been unreal. He's done his thing, and he's the youngest of the young. He, the other two that you're referring to are Colin Miller, and uh, and Joe Morrow. Correct. The issue I have with Joe Morrow and Colin Miller is that they just don't consistently have their game. There are three games, and then uh oh, and then they they're out for two or three. Then they come back in, and they have one or two good, and then it's back to what are you, what what are you doing, type of thing, and on, on the next play, and and uh, they're. They're not consistent. They're, I mean, look, everybody's going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to screw up. We know that. But, you know, I mean, it's just not consistent enough. And they've got to learn. They're not at the age anymore where you can, you know, say, it's okay, kid. No. It, they're, they're, even though they're still, quote, unquote, young, you know, in their early, mid-20s, um, Joe Moore's a couple years old and Colin Miller. Um, the, the, you, I'm not saying to give up on them, but I'm not saying that they also can be handheld, like Greg Spooner. Up front now, he's 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 a, he's a young vet now. You know what I mean? It's the same type of thing. So no, I don't see that. That you know, Colin Miller is incredibly confident when he plays. Mm-hmm. The problem is sometimes he may be too confident okay. when he plays, and that's you know, and, and while I love some of the skills sets that, that Colin Miller has, there has to be that, that that complete balance.
4: I hear you. I hear you. Well, listen, Billy, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Are you uh, on Nessin NHL Network anywhere tonight? We can find you.
2: Well, no. Tonight is uh, Tonight is NBC Sports Network,
4: so okay.
2: it is. We are we are off. But but uh, shameless plug time. Uh, if you're in the uh, Woburn area, uh-huh. at, uh, Jake and Joe's, I'm uh, hosting. We're hosting a big Bruins Penguins uh, for a, uh, another radio station. I won't say That's the okay. name, but uh, a, a Boston one. All right. And uh, we're gonna also. This is pretty cool. We're gonna have a uh, six or seven clips, Murph, from vintage Bruins moments. Uh huh. And people can uh, get their try play by play. You know, for oh, a that's awesome. or so, I'll do some color with them. So we're going to talk about the game, break the game down, have an adult beverage or two, and have some fun. So, awesome. Uh, and that's you know, uh, Jake, and and Jake and Joe's and Wubin.
4: Jake and Joe's and Wubin, right? It. All right, great place yep. by the way. You'll enjoy it. All right, have a good right. one, Billy. That is See Billy you, Billy Jaffe from Nesson and NHL Network. joining us here on the Stretch Run and the Bruins pregame show. On ESPN New Hampshire, we will be back with Mike McCallaghan of the Street Dogs.
0: For the best ESPN New Hampshire gear, visit ESPNNHradio.com and click
3: on Apparel.
1: Next stop, Stabbing Hill Station. Doors open on a wrap. Hill, my starting point. Down the beach with a few bears. Didn't know what life had in for us. Starting out at St. Margaret's. Up there on that lonely hill. I got my side We'll save Willie's from there. The capital.
4: Welcome back to The Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan working the boards. That's ah, one of my favorite Street Dog songs right there. It's about a neighborhood actually uh, close to my family's heart, right near where my dad grew up. Uh, he was from the St. Brendan's Parish area, Dorchester. And our next guest was from the same town as well, and he, uh, he's the lead singer of that band you just heard, The Street Dogs. He is Mike McCaugen. How you doing, Mr. McCaugen?
6: Jimmy, how are you? I'm uh, really happy to be on ESPN Radio in New Hampshire, man. It's good to be talking to you again.
4: Uh, yeah, it's very good to be talking to you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you this weekend. And I want to let the listeners know, you guys are having your Wreck the Halls Fest. Uh, it starts up tomorrow, right?
6: Yeah, it's, we, first night's tomorrow night, um, Thursday, December 15th at Brighton Music Hall, and then December 16th, Friday, um, and then Saturday, which is sold out already, the 17th. And then the 18th, um, Sunday night, we have some tickets left for that, too. Oh, if nice. want to grab tickets, they can just, you know, go on to Google, type Street Dogs tickets, at the halls, and there's still some tickets available.
4: Now, when did you guys start up this, uh, this festival? I know you've been doing it for a couple years now. When did it first start?
6: It started back in 2004 when... We were supporting our back to the world. we were both we were just starting to support our back to the world record, mm-hmm. and somebody made a flyer and had and, and all the band members at the time had like Santa hats on. So I just thought, well, why don't we just call the show Wreck the Halls and sort of like make it a holiday feeling <laughs> and, and, and all that, and and then it just sort of took on a life of its own. And ever since then, you know, we've, we 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 made it like a. a Proper little tour or like residency in Boston as well. So it, it's been going great. You know, for us, Jimmy. I mean, nothing for not. It's just like a punk rock party at the end of the year where our family and friends all get together and and hang out and, and, and sing songs and you know hang out before the show, like talking and after the show and you know the Street Dogs, just like the Dropkick Murphys, all the Mighty Mighty Boston. You know, it's all one big family. Those three bands. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're accessible. You know, we're with our fans before the show, like, signing posters and talking to them, and and then afterwards, the same thing, you know, we're we're at the merch table and talking to fans, and if they want something signed for their kids or whatever, we're there because, I mean, without the people who come to see us, we're nothing, so that's not lost on us, you know?
4: That's awesome, and I know that uh, you spent quite a bit of time out in L.A., right? When did you uh, come back to this area?
6: I came back uh, from L.A. In, in 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 2013 because, Jimmy, I'm a Boston guy through and through, and I missed Boston uh, tremendously, and I, I came back home, and I, I have to be here. This is where I belong, and I love being in the city. I mean, you talk about, you know, the music scene. You talk about, you know, the restaurants. You talk about the history, the architecture, and then the sports. I mean, yeah. legendary franchises, legendary players. I mean— and and just lately, is I mean, it can't be overstated. Tom Brady's just exceptional play is like it, we're in a whole new category and, and just a whole other uh, stratosphere. I mean,
2: the,
6: nobody has ever seen anything quite of, of this caliber or magnitude as far as a quarterback. And then for a quarterback to be this old at, at 39 and be in the league this long and then be playing at this compete level is just unprecedented.
4: Yeah, it's it's unreal, you know. And I mean, we've said it to to Sully, our board up here a couple times that you know he's only twenty one, twenty two. And I mean, you know, he doesn't understand. I know you're probably more in my age group. I'm forty two. He doesn't get what we went through as Boston sports fans growing up, and how much heartache uh, and choking was involved in being a Boston sports fan back then. And I can give re- me. I can remember. It's in unreal 85. now. Five. Yeah, when We
6: played the Bears, and we had Tony Easton as the quarterback, oh. and that 46 defense just shellacked us. Yeah, And they, and I think the the result of that game was one of the most lopsided defeats in Super Bowl history. Yep. And, I mean, the Bears just pounded us. So that was, you know, our first, I think, you know, at least in my lifetime, it was my first time seeing the Patriots get to the promised land. And then further on down the line, under Bledsoe, they played the Packers when Parcells was coaching the team. And, you know, we we had some good moments early in that game, but Desmond Howard, you yeah. know, on the on the on the kick on the returns was killing us. Yep. Um, but then when Brady came aboard and, and took over for Bledsoe, I mean, I mean it's it's been it's been phenomenal, you know. And he yeah. told you know Bob, he told Robert Kraft he was going to be the best decision that you know he had ever made. And I mean, obviously that's panned out and then some.
4: Yeah, and then you've had what you've had three. World Series title since then, another uh, NBA title for the Celtics, and of course, uh, one its theater both our hearts. And I, I had the privilege of covering uh, the Boston Bruins. Tell me something with the Celtics
6: in twenty in two thousand nine. Does that fourth quarter still haunt you to this day when they were, you know, you're talking about oh, that final game against the Lakers? It, it haunts me to the yeah, kills yeah. me because they were up. I think they were. Up I know. 14.
4: I know. And they they had, they yeah. weren't even supposed to be there. They yeah, they had it right there. I know. Uh, that could have been two. See, that but. was that was a taste, Sully. That was what it was like when we were kids. That type of yeah, heartbreak. I remember that one. Yeah. That, that one killed me. That one yeah. really killed yeah. me. Yeah. You know, that it was like, well, you know. 2003
6: with the Red Sox when, you know, Pedro Martinez was busted
4: too long. Yep. By, uh, and then, of Grady course, the Little. two Giants Super Bowls me. are tough. But, you know, we yeah. can't complain. We've been spoiled here around Boston. And I know that, um, you know, you guys, the Dropkick Murphys, the Boston's do a great job of sort of intertwining Uh, The Boston sports into your music and and being part of that sort of culture of sports and music. Uh, Talk about what it's been like for you as a kid growing up. Uh, You're from Savin Hill, right? You're from Dorchester and Savin Hill? Yeah, I'm
6: originally from Savin Hill. Okay.
4: My pops is from uh, St. Brendan's. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I I live in the St. Brendan's parish now. Oh, okay, cool. Um, So you you were talking about having, you know, family that came from that area. You know, I. I thought, wow, I'm still in that area, and and I love it. And you know, you know, you talk about like street dogs and, and drop kicks in the Boston. Like, like for me, and street dogs now. Like, you know, you talked about the struggle of being a Boston sports fan growing up, and that's sort of almost that kind of like defined in in, in, in g- generations of people, and and it defined a region like New England and Massachusetts and Boston. Yep. like that that hung over us all as we grew up. So, you know, when you're writing songs and you're making records, you know, that can't but help find its way into the lyrics and, and into the songs. And then, you know, you talk about struggle and then success. And then, I mean, we're so fortunate because everybody who is from the city is is, is hyper-passionate about sports. I mean, it, it's religion. It's... It's, it's, it's God itself, and we all take it, like, deadly serious. And, you know, we've, we've experienced every type of feeling that you can, you know, of, of you know, the agony of defeat and, the, you know, like the, the highest highs of the, the Red Sox winning in oh four, oh seven, 4 7 you know, 13. And then, you know, the Patriots, like, God, I think Brady has been, already he's been in six Super Bowls. Yeah. You know? It's amazing. And knocking on maybe the seventh one this year, the way this team's going.
4: Now, if you had the um, chance through your job, has that led you to be able to rub elbows with the likes of Brady and and other athletes around here, or what?
6: I, I I've met um, you know athletes here and there, and you know that's another great thing too, Jimmy, is that I think the teams that you know in 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 Massachusetts slash Boston they do a good job of getting athletes on their teams that are like down to earth people and like. Get the cults, get the sports culture of the region, and, and just how, how like working class it is, and and how passionate people are about it. So the people that I've met, whether it was been people I've met from the Bruins or the the Pats or the Sox, um, or the Celtics, you know, they, it, they get that, and, they, and they're very down to earth, humble, and grateful for the fans, you know.
4: Yeah, it is pretty cool that culture there. And uh, quickly before we let you go, to Mike, I know that uh, you've been rehearsing a lot out there. You guys are you got to be excited for these shows. I know that every year uh, there tends to be a couple surprises and some surprise visitors on stage. Can we expect that again?
6: Yeah, I think it's safe to say. I mean, especially um, tomorrow night. Um, you know, we have we have the we have some tricks up our sleeve and. And the, and the deck is stacked, and you know they'll, they'll be friends and and you know cohorts and, and and friends from other you know acts like in the mix. So we're really excited, and like I told you earlier, it's like a big punk rock, you know, uh, holiday extravaganza. It's like family, friends, and you know even other band members. We all we all get together and have a good time. And, you know, I think you know everybody in Street Dogs, myself included, we're just super grateful. For the people that come to see us and people who like, you know, take, you know, time uh, out of their lives, you know, and and, and take that hard-earned money and put it down on us and come to our show or buy our record or buy a shirt. We're super grateful for that. We want to give everything we have, like, in in our gas tank and give the best shows that we possibly can. And, you know, we're lucky to be doing this, Jimmy. Like, it's never lost on us. We're super grateful. Mm -hmm. You know, like... I, as, a, as a as a teenager, I dreamt of doing it, and, and now we're doing it. So I'm I'm grateful every second part.
4: That's awesome, and I know too, uh, Mike. You served for our country, am I correct?
6: Yeah, I'm a I'm a desert, you know, an honorably discharged Desert Storm vet, and I'm proud to serve the United States. Proud to proud to defend the way of life that that we have, and uh, I'm proud to be a huge uh, advocate and supporter of the men and women of the Armed Forces of the United States of America, above and below the radar screen. I mean.
4: Well, I want we you to know that... The uh, best country in
6: the world, and the best way of life, you know, and um, I'm really supremely grateful for, 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 for this country and the way of life that, that we're able to live. It's amazing. Well,
4: I'll let you know that, uh, you know, before my, my dad passed two years ago, but before he passed, I, I did play some songs of yours for him because I know that you have some songs that, uh you know, really show how... How grateful you are uh, for those who serve and for your your brothers in arms and uh, he he was touched i I'll, I'll tell you that so thank you for that and uh, thank you for your service, my friend
6: all right Jimmy thank you
4: all right i'll see you this weekend buddy
6: all right i'll see you this weekend thanks for having me on yep and, uh, anybody who wants to come out to the show come on out we'll have a good time
4: Sounds good my friend that is Mike McCallgan of the street dogs joining us here on the stretch run on espN New Hampshire we're going to switch gears and talk some patriots Broncos with you. As John Serenades of xnojo.com joins us in the next segment, so stay with us. We'll be back.